0: You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. It's Monday, so it's time for Shapiro World with David Shapiro, who's Deputy Chairman at Sassman Securities in Johannesburg. And it's with a heavy heart that I talk about something that really, I I don't know if it sets the scene, but it certainly sets the scene for South Africa for me before i get into that i used to work uh, with john robbie he was on the uh, 702 talk radio breakfast show and he was a really really excellent presenter when i sort of suggested i was going to move to cape town he said to me, Cape Town, Lindsay, and he says in his Irish brogue. He says, nice set, shame about the cast. In other words, a very <laughs> nice backdrop, but nasty people. And I would expand that to South Africa now. And the reason I'm saying that, and I'm not being nasty about South Africans, but just it really hit home to me, the Isabel van Collar murder. Yeah. And I, I saw your tweet about it. And it made me a bit tearful, actually. It was just the most awful, no, no. awful I- event. I know.
1: You know, Lindsay, I know that area very well, um, I, and um, I, I don't say I've, I've often driven there. Sometimes on the way home from the airport, I might take a detour and turn right at the Edenvale Hospital and continue, um, and and what distressed me about this yes. was just the indignity of her death,
0: yes.
1: uh, that here's a woman on her way to work, quarter to six in the morning, Obviously conscientious that she goes at that time. um, And I'm assuming she was on the way to work. uh, Stops it because she wouldn't go through that area. I'm sure she's either in Bramley or working up somewhere, heading towards uh, Santon at that early hour. Uh, The traffic lights are out of order. I suppose that doesn't make any difference. You know, if you look at the full video, cars are going through, taxis are going through. Someone walks in front of her, she slows down. As soon as she slows down, she's descended upon by, what, four or five different people. And the worst thing is that you don't know what ensues. All you know is that even though these hijackers are uh, attacking her, more and more cars go by, you know, just indifferent. It's not as though no one witnesses it. And this is the tragedy, and what makes it sickening is that there are so many people who would have witnessed this, who would have looked past and seen that this woman is in distress but chose not to do anything the next thing you do is you see them drive off in this Kia and you see this limp body just
0: dumped. You see the car moving at, moving ahead for a little while. Obviously, she was trying to get away. And then the chap opens the door and shoots her and then yeah. drags her body out, dumps it on the road, and then and then gets out. I can't believe it. Is there any other country in the world that this happens? There probably no. are lots. But no. because of social media and because of technology, we can see this. I mean, it's happening every day. I was saying to Magnus Heistek in a previous interview uh, about this. And I just I just can't I just can't comprehend no. the mentality. Why not just say, excuse me, madam, with the gun to a head? Can I have your cell phone? Can I have your car keys? Off you go. Why do what they did?
1: But that's all they wanted, because at the end of the day, the car was recovered within a few hours. Not even It wasn't even difficult to find the car. But why so shoot her, David? Of the motor why shoot her?
0: Why shoot her? Why kill her? My point I is, if you're a robber, know. if you're, if you, you, you're seeking to, because of you, whatever your personal circumstances are, which still doesn't justify it, but let's say that you're so desperate, just say, madam, please get out the car. We're taking mm. it, and she gets out and she walks away and phones her family or, or a taxi or something and, and, and gets away from the sea. Why brutalize her like that? I don't know, because that's, that's South African life. And
1: that's the tragedy of South African life, because it's not only, not only did it happen here, it happens all the time. There was another story of these two ladies in Isipingo, which is in KZN. Yes. Um, a similar thing where they were shot. Nothing was taken. Absolutely nothing taken. Two ladies, uh, thirty-nine and forty, whatever it is, good friends. Uh, the same thing, just brutally uh, murdered. And and I think what what got me about this Isabel fontonda uh, sorry, from Collar yes. murder was the was the so many witnesses. It was just done in broad daylight, brazenly in front of. Uh, many, many people who in normal circumstances would act as a witness. You know, if they were arrested, um, they would be rounded up and act as a witness to this murder. But they know that they're going to get away with it and no one's going to say anything. And therefore, it is just accepted that you can do this. You know, that's South African life. You can go around attacking people, shoot them without any fear um, of repercussions. Yes, they were caught. They appeared in the in the courts this morning, I don't know what the outcome is, but I, uh, but I think that is the, that is the absolute horror of this whole thing and just dumping this body. So, um, it, it affected me terribly. It's just like, me too. uh, it, it's, it's, um, and the worst, here comes the second thing is it doesn't make headlines. You know, it doesn't, it's not a media story. It doesn't even appear, I don't know, page two, page three, whatever it is, because when I tweeted it, I could see that it wasn't in the media simply because of the response um, that I engendered, you know, that I got from it. It was obviously that it was a story that was not known or widespread. There is no reaction from government at all. There's no reaction from the police at all. Uh, This is just a horror story that happens every half an hour in this country. And I'll say that again, every half an hour. There's a murder of this kind, this nature. They're not passionate murders. They're not murders of for whatever, gang whatever, you know, the gang wars, whatever it is. But this happens all the time. It's not news. So uh, live
0: with that, Lindsay. You yeah. know. Nice set. Shame about the cast. It's absolutely disgusting, David. Um, Naspers and Process at yeah. half plus three this afternoon, South African time, mm. came out with trading statements. The share price is doing well. Did you read them?
1: I, I went through it. It's, it's, a, <laughs> you know, it's always complicated because of the nature of the business. Their biggest investment is obviously Tencent, uh, which they okay. You know, if you look through the results, they're not disastrous numbers. In fact, the closer you get to it, the more encouraged you are about what lies ahead for Tencent. The story is not over. So they have to adjust and there are a lot of adjustments in these profit statements. Um, they, they booked a profit last year for Flipchart. Uh, this year, they, brought, uh, they booked, you know, so that that, that, that distorts the numbers. Uh, and so we go. They booked, you know, this year included uh, Make My Trip. Um, and then you have these fair value adjustments for 10 cents investments and that. So it's a very complicated to look, you know, if you see the actual results. What they do come out with is what they call core um, headline earnings. And they do that on their continuing operations. That's up between 3 and 9%. And a reasonable Number. Why they're up today is because of China. Tencent was up in China this morning. China stimulating their, their uh, economy one step at a time. You know, today they reduced the, what was it, the seven day re, uh, reverse repo rate uh, was lowered. So these are all measures to just kick-start the uh, Chinese economy. So I think on the back of that, we saw the Hang Seng up and uh, Chinese, uh, um, you know, Chinese markets better. So I think this is what we are benefiting from today.
0: Okay, this morning at 7.05, we had um, MTM Group Limited uh, mm-hmm. saying the following MTM South Africa signs an expanded roaming agreement with CELC, And I think of Celsi, I think of Blue Label, I think of Telcom, I think of MTN. Yeah. What on yeah. earth is going on there? I don't, it's a bit confusing, <laughs> isn't it? Very, very, very confusing. No one knows uh,
1: the backdrop to that because uh, um, CELC, um, CELC have come out and made a statement. Um, that you know, they've entered in the roaming agreement with MTN. Now, if you look through the last year's MTN results, not last year's, a few weeks ago, they were owed $2.5 billion, which they did not account waiting for it to come through on cash. MTN did say that they'd received a little bit of cash here, but we don't know the clarity of the position. Now, also, you've got Celsius now associated with Telcom. Yes. So uh, why would C do a deal um, why would Celci do a deal um, when they're in talk with Telcom? Telcom. Or apparently, yeah, Telcom. So, uh, so no, they, they, they did the sorry, the roaming a deal with MTN when they're in deal in talks with Telcom. So I'm not quite sure how this all fits into place. You know where this is all leading. It's a very confusing picture. Telcom came down and continues its path downwards. Uh, Celci is not listed, but Blue Label picks up very slightly, but. Blue Label are virtually out the picture. They've written the investment down to zero. They they have no representatives on the CLC board anymore. So you can count them out, you know, other than licking their wounds. So I don't know what the next steps are. You know, we we're all we're all trying to work it out.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, blue label up around about seven and a half percent, but obviously off a very low base. Indeed. Very low base. Mm. Lots of other stuff going on as well. we uh, done the CMTN mm. mm. thing. Uh, Netcare, mm. Netcare doing quite well after. Mm. I, I think it's a you sell the rumor by the fact. Um, Netcare.
1: Uh. You know, I went through the presentation. Uh, look, there's a lot of stuff out today, so it's very really difficult to do it justice. But yeah. I went through, there's nothing to get excited about in the numbers. Um, they are generating a lot of cash at the moment, so they're up their dividend. But we're talking sub-10% uh, numbers here. So there's nothing, you know, there's nothing greatly exciting. I think analysts are turning more bullish on it for whatever reason. I'm not, I'm not sure what's exciting them about it whether it's uh, uh, the fact that they've now got rid of their UK operation or, or um, you know, have re-fenced it. I think they, they deconsolidated it, so it doesn't make any difference what happens there. But, um, you know, it's hard to get overly excited about uh, what, you, what you're reading about, you know, what you're seeing. It's a difficult industry. Um, I'm not criticizing the government. I'm not criticizing management anyway. I'm just saying, okay, i read through this, so... What's exciting the market? What's pushed them five percent better? I'm I'm not sure whether it's a dividend or whether it's the hope that uh, things are going to improve more dramatically from now on. But uh, yeah, think I, for that, Lindsay. I I you know on on uh, I'm not the analyst in that area, but I did read through it and I said okay, you know what? Why would I push the shares up five percent on this? Uh, you know on this announcement.
0: Yeah, exactly. And the same thing uh, really resonates with me when it comes to Barlow World, because it says here, uh, (laughs) these are the results for the year ended 30th of September. The share is exactly flat as we uh, pre-record this interview just before the JSC closes. Pleasing performance from Equipment Southern Africa, Equipment Russia and our Bar Track JV in challenging trading conditions, strong performance from automotive amidst a tough macroeconomic environment, and so it goes on. And it says here strong free cash generation of $3.1 billion, but it was $3.6 billion over the previous period. And it goes on and on. I don't know. Well, what about Barlow World? I mean, it, it, well, I don't it's boring, know. isn't it? Isn't it boring? Am, am I being unkind? Uh, well, I suppose this,
1: uh, the, these are the kind of operations that would – attract you if there was huge expansion of the mining side, if there was a lot of construction taking place globally. And people then were then buying we cars. Were getting, and, and, and well, they would be and buying cars, sorry. So if they were yeah. buying yellow metal, which is Caterpillar, which is their, their big agencies or, or buying different equipment uh, for mining, yes, we'd get carried away and excited. But it's not really happening. There might be pockets uh, where you're getting expansion so it's difficult for them to extract any kind of uh big numbers where they do make a bit of mon- money as on the after sales of the equipment uh but it's moderate you know it's not this is not a knockout uh, uh it's a good result in very very difficult conditions so they're doing the best they can you know in the in the current circumstances but you don't hear of massive expansion here um, in 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 infrastructure or in that area, so you look at it and say, okay, so so what, you know, okay, fine. But you're not going to go run out and buy them.
0: No, you're not. Uh, Pioneer Food Group um, came out with their results yep. for the, to, to the end of September. The share price down very slightly today. Uh, it's, it's interesting because at the same time, Astral came out with their numbers as well. And that share price up around about one and a bit percent at the moment. So food, I mean, obviously, people have to eat all the time, well, whether well, they're poor or whether they're rich. But um, I don't know. Which one do you go for? Well, you can't go for Pioneer because there's a
1: bid out for them by Pepsi. Yes,
0: exactly. You know,
1: Pepsi, remember, $25 billion, I think, which translates to pretty much where they're trading at the moment. Uh, there, again, it's um, difficult conditions in the economy, uh, consumer under a lot of pressure. So, you know, are not going to rush in and buy that, nor do they give you any positive view on the outlook. You know, simply, I suppose, that they, they're going to be taken out. But I think one of the negatives is that... Um, they had to impair that, you know, they've, they've, they've had to impair quite a few assets as well with suppliers across the board. When you're not making adequate returns, uh, on your capital investment, you know, when, 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 uh, your returns on the capital that you've outlaid is low, you actually have to write that, uh, asset down to represent a fair value. I haven't seen, I didn't pick up Astral's story. I must be honest. Uh, mm, it there wasn't was, great. There was a lot of, what, is it out? No, uh, no they, really you know, not no. Oh, here you are. Sorry seven hundred five I missed that, but they 've given us fair uh, indications of uh, of what 's going to happen you know so i think i don 't think this is uh you know, this was a shock to the system. I, we knew that it was going to be down quite significantly.
0: Tom Gott Hewlett, another food company off the exchange at the moment, of course. The company mm. was engaging in a collaborative process with its debt providers to ensure the company's long-term sustainability. <laughs> Tom Gott Hewlett had concluded a waiver and undertaking agreement. Lots and lots of stuff that you would understand as a, an accountant, David, that I would have no idea. they fight for
1: survival. That's what it is. They're fighting for survival. Uh, it's it's a company sad. that should never have been in that situation, and this is, uh, you know, this ranks. Uh, I wouldn't say as high up as Steinhoff, but it's pretty close. That a company of this nature should find itself in this position.
0: Yeah, but not the so same sort is, of subterfuge that would, uh, has been associated no, with Steinhoff. I mean, this is just no, bad no. management. It's not. Uh,
1: it is uh, bad and it's just Playing with the numbers. Yeah, you know, naughty management. You know, playing with the valuations. Uh, as I've always said, how do you, how do you ever value a, uh, um, a, a sugarcane plant? And in this way, I mean the piece that grows up, you know. How do you ever tell you what, you know, uh, decide on what value it is? So I think, uh, but, but, uh, also coming under immense pressure. I think also that they, you know, everybody got carried away when they started to sell the property and, uh, it was almost as if they could sell that there was an insatiable demand or a never-ending demand for property. Um, you know, and this is we're talking huge properties on which there were massive sugarcane fields. You say, who's going to buy it in this economy? Yeah. Where is this all going to go? You know, and I think, I think the market ran way ahead of itself in terms of the valuations and what the conversion of that land into profit would be. And they slowly came unstuck. Uh, you know, just weren't selling anything anymore.
0: What
1: so, else you seeing? Sad situation. Mm,
0: it's very um, sad. What are you I, see I, seeing at the I moment? I'll tell you
1: what's worrying me at the moment. Yes. There's just no trade. There's absolutely – the last time I looked just at about quarter past four, uh, which is – let me just see what the activity is now. We're at 12 – not even – 11.5 billion now, and we're in the closing auction. So if we manage, which we normally do, to get up to 12 or 13 billion or 14, that's nothing. It's pitiful and it's uh it's very, very low, it just shows you the levels of activity here, and there 's nothing to sell you know there there's 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 nothing to get your teeth into or get enthusiastic about now oh, so gold shares go up one day they down the next day. Banks go sideways, up, down, whatever it is. Retailers come out with results that are reasonable, but there's nothing really to get people into this market, Lindsay. And it's a very big worry uh, as to what people are doing with their money, particularly um, pension funds and provident funds that have to invest here. Yeah. So they're ending up going into the bond market, which is keeping rates reasonable. You know, uh, not running away from us, meaning going up. I want yeah. You- oh, listen to this. South Africa names Andre De Rater as ESCOM CEO. Yes. Andre De Rater?
0: Never heard of him. He
1: was from, no. He was from NAMPAC. Am I wrong?
0: I don't know. I've never heard of him, as I said.
1: Andre De Rater? I'm sure he was the grey haired man from NAMPAC. (laughs) Or am I completely wrong? I might. I I keep on saying I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I thought they were talking about a chap Carlitz or, you know, ex-BP or ex-Shell Andre de Reyes. I'm telling you. Sorry, I'm going to look this up while we, you can talk on.
0: No, I'm going, to, I'm going to talk on at the moment. I'm going to talk on about the fact that um, um, Spurs and Arsenal uh, played a match this weekend at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and there were 38,742
1: people there. There you are, Andre De <laughs> Here we go. He was from, here you are, he was from Namepec, I'm telling you.
0: Congratulations.
1: Yeah, Namepec. Good God. Okay. Okay, well, good Sorry. luck, to him. Yeah, we can I go say.
0: on. I'm sure he's got to go. Anyway, I got something from Liston Manchester today, a, a person with whom you're intimately familiar. He, he said, and I'm speaking to him tomorrow about this, and it was from an article that appeared on MoneyWeb, and this is the final chapter. It says, Fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice. That was the headline. Increasingly, uh-huh. investors are realizing that the only variables that can be controlled when investing are the fees that you pay, whereas equity market performance turns out to be pretty random and certainly unpredictable. Equity funds that outperform today are probably yesterday's poor performers and where they'll land up tomorrow is in the lap of the gods with the capital G. Our research leads us to believe, this is the important final sentence and listen to this, David Shapiro, our research leads us to believe that the majority of funds that beat the market do so purely as a result of luck rather than skill. You're in the oh, financial yeah. services industry, but that's pretty brutal. Um,
1: I think so. I think, I think you, you, know, you only test this when you haven't got research or you haven't got people to advise you. If we were in a world where there weren't commentators, when there weren't people like us now discussing the market mm. and giving some kind of direction, if there was nothing more than a list that you had to choose on, I'm not sure you'd get the kind of performance that we get. Uh, there's a, there's a very symbiotic relationship between all these investments. It's all very well to draw the kind of conclusion that you do. So you need everybody to be, form part of the, uh, of markets. Imagine if there were only ETFs, uh, or there were only unit trusts, you know, with shares and there were no individual People buying shares, or there were no uh, um, futures markets, or various other markets. So I think I think you've got to be very careful to uh, you know who you criticize and who you try to kill. But I don't think it's luck. I don't I I, I don't buy that. Um, look at John Bicard. You know, bless him. He's, mm-hmm. he's he's running ahead of everybody. He took a calculated bet. I don't think that was luck. You know what I mean? He, he believed in what he saw, and he's been vindicated. Whether you're repeated or not, I'm not sure. But uh, um, I've been through John Bickard's
0: career mind. for a, a number of years, and sometimes mm. he's down in the dumps, and I think to myself, look at your performance. You're actually yeah. probably not going to be employed in the next couple of months, <laughs> and the next minute, you're a rock star. <laughs> I
1: know, I know. I don't know, but there's there's a lot of skill to there's there's still a lot of skill to the markets and understanding uh and understanding businesses. And I think you've got to measure people over time rather than in you know, a three months or six months or nine months or something like this. I think you know, I always like to ask people to judge us over four, five, six years, not because it takes time like any business to build up the trust. We buy portfolios. Mm. and uh, we buy a selection of shares, maybe on the offshore businesses, and they're based on themes which we can explain and justify. Um, and uh, you like people to get involved with what they own, but you can't you can't look at it on a day-to-day basis. It's very, very difficult. And to say, what's your favorite share or what's your you know, worst share and those kind of things. So you have to look at it as a package.
0: Yeah, you do, David. The that- should know, eh? What do you mean?
1: Liston. No, Liston's okay. He's been around a few years.
0: Crikey. He's, he's, <laughs>
1: he's, I, I forgot your Tottenham, but I didn't hear the end of your Tottenham Arsenal story. Yeah,
0: because you interrupted me, as you always do. Oh, no. um, the, well, the I saw
1: the Sunday De Raider story.
0: <laughs> Tottenham versus Arsenal occurred mm-hmm. yesterday, and you'd think, well, I there's 30, 39,000 people there. What is that? What, what was that, a, a League Cup game or something? No, of course it was the Women's Super League, and uh, oh, Arsenal, Ar- Arsenal beat Tottenham. At the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, 2-0. And there was 39,000 people there. And I, I, I don't know why I'm saying this, because it sounds really sexist. But I, I watched the game. I watched the highlights of the game anyway. It was really, really good. But Arsenal, Arsenal just really they, good did so well. Isn't yeah. the
1: England captain? Doesn't she play for Arsenal? I think uh, one
0: Probably. of the top women play. Yeah. yeah. And England beat Kosovo 4-0. We
1: good. we yeah. <laughs> We can only attract good women. We can't attract good men.
0: (laughs) David Shapiro is the Deputy Chairman of Sassman Securities, and that was Shapiro World. That podcast was proudly brought to you in association with sharenet.co.za. Visit strictlybusinesspodcast.com and subscribe to receive exclusive content straight to your inbox. strictlybusinesspodcast.com Made possible by Prudential Investment Managers.